Now to an interesting sidebar, really, to the intense weather systems wreaking havoc on the eastern seaboard due to intense rain, which has produced a new round of criticism, particularly in Queensland, about whether the Weather Bureau had accurately predicted the inundation in order to allow people more warning. And I'm afraid the weather isn't letting up. The latest news is that a cold front is now sweeping through Victoria, triggering more rain and storms, and it's looking like another low is coming for the East Coast. The question is, how difficult is it becoming to predict accurately these extreme weather events as opposed to the everyday, all murmured against the constant underlying refrain, how much is related to climate change. Professor Jeanette Lindsay is a climatologist at the ANU Fenner School of Environment and Society, and she joins me now. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Geraldine. Um, Jeanette, is that the distinction we ought to be making, the challenge between predicting extreme weather events and predicting the everyday? That's actually a very good distinction, Geraldine. We are in a situation where we are seeing more extreme weather events occurring under climate change with global heating and a much warmer atmosphere than we've had in the past. We are in a situation where there's more energy in the atmosphere, there's more evaporated moisture off the warmer oceans. We've got all of this extra heat energy there and that is contributing substantially actually to these more extreme weather events events that we're seeing, so that what used to be a very rare event, the sort of thing referred to as a one in a 500 year perhaps, or one in a thousand year flood event, or drought, or storm, whatever, uh, those are now becoming the sort of thing we are experiencing every few years, uh, and those return periods are, are no longer uh, our experience. Uh, and I'm going to delve down a little deeper into that. But in fact, I think you say we are doing considerably better on the everyday. That is a totally valid uh, thing to say that we're... What, yes. So that this is the conundrum, isn't it? It is. So weather forecasting has improved dramatically in the last couple of decades. We have you know, excellent computer models that do a very, very good job of simulating the physics of what's going on in the atmosphere. We have really good observation networks on the ground and uh, in the air through aircraft observations and satellites and so on, so that our capabilities and uh, really, um, I suppose, expertise in, in predicting day-to-day weather it has never been better. And it really is very good. Uh, but it's better for some parameters than others, and there's no getting around that. So for temperature, for example, uh, we're doing really well. The Bureau of Meteorology and all other weather forecasting services around the world do a great job on temperature, uh, and I think people can attest to that. But when it comes to rainfall, there is an element of unpredictability in how rain events form uh, that really means that it's very difficult ahead of time to predict exactly where that extreme rainfall is likely to occur. So just go further on that, please. Does it, does it shift a lot, or the, the prediction of rainfall in particular? Mm. So that, exactly right. So what the models are doing and, and what's to some extent being altered by global heating is that they look at the overall physics and the setup, if you like, of the atmosphere to produce a weather event. Now, weather events are all about if you like, letting off steam. So the uh, atmosphere contains a lot of energy. Uh, the 
vast majority of that is sitting in the lower latitudes towards the equator uh, and in the tropics and then a bit further south of that. And the whole weather system complex exists to get that energy further towards the poles where there's a bit of a deficit. And those weather systems themselves are a sort of pressure release valve, if you like, that takes that energy up from the surface and then moves it poleward. So that's what they're for. Now, when we're in a situation where we've got an overall setup that will is likely to enhance rainfall events and weather systems like an east coast low, we know that those conditions are going to be there in a week's time from the models, but we don't know precisely where that small low pressure system, because although they're devastating, they are actually quite small, these east coast lows, uh, in their spatial extent, just a few hundred kilometers really. Um, and, you know, we don't know exactly where it's going to form. And that depends on how the weather changes one day to the next because that increasingly focuses in on the area where the event will happen eventually. But being able to predict that ahead of time is well nigh impossible. We're dealing with a very complex system there with our weather, interactions between what's on the surface and what's in the atmosphere, what's coming in from outside our immediate area, all that sort of thing. Mm. Just I suppose people will be saying yes, but they, it's always been complex. <laughs> what, oh, of course. You know, what's so special? And I have to ask you now, obviously, how much therefore uh, can we assume that climate change is altering the degree of difficulty of this prediction? There is an element of this there for, for sure. So what what we've got is an environment where we've been experiencing a changing climate now uh, through human-caused uh, interaction and, and interference in the system with the, our production of greenhouse gases and land clearing and all of those sorts of things. Uh, that has That influence has been going on now for a couple of hundred years, pretty much. And what we're seeing now is the consequence of the changes that have already occurred in our atmospheric environment showing in the way that weather systems are behaving. And that makes the, that's part of what makes the forecasting more difficult. Uh, it also is more difficult because there is this extra energy in the environment of the atmosphere. So there's more evaporation of a warmer ocean into a warmer atmosphere. That evaporated moisture carries energy with it. It's called latent heat. And then when they, the um, water vapor, the gas, condenses to make water droplets in a cloud, the energy is released again. But those processes of, of re release and the formation of clouds are well understood physically, but how that plays out in the larger environment where there are winds that change direction with height, uh, you know, there are changes down at the surface, you've got air coming in off the, off the ocean and it's interacting with the topography along the coastline and inland, all of those sorts of things, the, how much surface heating is there over the land at that precise moment, you know, mm. all of that has an influence on precise where that East Coast low, as an example, is likely to form and then how it will move from there on. So, mm. sorry. Oh, well, no, just very quickly, I presume there's quite a lot of instinct and sort of experience in interpreting the wealth of material that comes through to you now and trying to actually assess this. 
Oh, absolutely there is. So, you know, we know there's more energy out there. We know it's it's a more energetic environment and that, uh, you know, there, there's this underlying trend of increasing temperatures, which will continue. Uh, but exactly how that plays out, we, we can rely on our experience to understand the processes that are occurring. Mm. Uh, we have ex- very experienced meteorologists in the Bureau and elsewhere who are able to, you know, fully understand how the weather interacts, how that atmospheric environment interacts with the local situation with topography, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's the, uh, I suppose it's the drawing on longer experience that's becoming yeah. somewhat more difficult because what situations were like in the past isn't the same as, as what it is now. The physics is the same, but yeah. there's that uncertainty introduced by the global heating. Look, thank, um, thank you very much indeed for bringing us up to date. That'll, I think, make a bit of a difference. <laughs> thank you. I, I hope so. It's a pleasure, Geraldine. Professor Je- Jeanette Lindsay from the ANU Fenner School of Environment and Society.